I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. Oh, yeah. Hello. Well, I heard hey. that we're starting to catch up on Weenie and the Button, the ratings. We're getting hyped. Thank you for getting hyped with us. Stay hyped. CNR, getting you through your day. CNR on FSR and Word on the Streets. We'll be filling in for Dan Patrick next week, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. The Dan Patrick hat trick. Yeah. We're happy to be here. It's not Word on the Streets. I'm pretty sure the text message we got is official. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Just sounds cooler when you say Word on the Streets. Word on the Streets. So I'm Steve Covino, clearly the cool one. That's Rich Davis. Yeah. Spot, the producer. Danny G, the executive producer. Ramos producing some mean cuts on the ones and twos. Uh-oh. And Dan Byer on the updates. Let's go! Yeah, buddies. <laughs> Yo, I got to see the highlight Dan Byer's talking about. I missed it. Is Dan around? Manny Machado getting called out on a pitch clock strikeout? Yeah. Yo, I got to see this guy's face. He was probably so mad. Oh, it was all the buzz before you got here. <laughs> it spread real quick. I heard Bo telling Mike and then Mike telling Byron. And yeah, hey, did you uh, see Machado? Uh, that is not correct. Uh, Mike did not tell me. He was <laughs> talking to you guys. No, no, Mike was talking. About, everybody was talking about it, Dan. Now, Dan, it's just funny because I feel like there's no better guy for that to happen to than Manny Machado. <laughs> How do you argue? You know, like, like, is it like, no, I was going 68, officer. I had you at 76. Struggling. Well, my watch had me at 76. Honestly, it's like, uh, hey, uh, official, hey, ref, uh, I got the shot off. Well, the shot clock expired, buddy. The, the shot did not get off. Like, he didn't, you know, put his head up. They, they have it, you know. And I've noticed they're giving guys an extra second leeway. Anytime I've seen a, a strike called, it's down to like six seconds. And the batter has to have their head up by, what, like eight? 
Yeah. So, yeah. hey, I got to watch that highlight. Manny Machado getting mad, I think, makes everyone but Padres fans happy. Well, we're going to be talking a little bit about the pitch clock. I, I want to know your thoughts on something. It's the pitch clock rage of 2023. I sat through a manageable, a very manageable and exciting two-hour and 41-minute Yankee game last <laughs> night. So, I'm I, digging I just it. love it. it. You know, we've, we've said this before. You could present anyone a great opportunity, and there's going to be someone that's like, no thanks. Like, hey, do you guys want uh, you know, free pizza and uh, drinks? There's gonna be one person that's like, no. Well, you know, it's becoming more and more of a story though. And our buddies at SNY, and I heard other people talking about it. I believe we were the first to call it out. Is well, what if you're in line to get these boomstick burgers and all these specialty meals? Right, yep. you're in line for three hours. In a quicker game, you miss like three innings. So if you're in line to get all these specialty meals that they're so Excited to promote, right? We went over all the new meals, the 99 burger, yeah. the Aaron Judge burger, the the Cubano Gigante. Gigante? Yeah, if you're trying to get Adore the your dog. If you're trying to get the uh, 40 I believe it was the 43-inch Cubano Gigante down in Miami, you might miss four innings of the Marlins, which some people would say is no big deal. No, but that's <laughs> becoming more and more of a story. I believe we were the first to discuss this on Fox Sports Radio Cavino and Rich. And you know, we were also the first to talk to But, uh, but again, like you said, people will find something to complain about, and that has been yeah. a bit of the uh, complaint so far. Well, and we've also were the first to talk to uh, Ramona E. Ricardo, the, the guy that jumped on the field at Dodger Stadium. So, hey, Kavino and Rich, we're on top of things is what it comes down to. Absolutely. And it just, I could have told you that, right? It's like, there's always going to be a complaint. Now the games are too fast? My porridge <laughs> is too hot. My porridge is too cold. Well, this uh, porridge is just right. Like... They say on a Taco Tuesday, baseball, and we are not tacos. Tuesday! Can't please everybody, right? Can't please everyone. I'm not a taco. Not a taco. So anyway, we're going to talk a little bit about the pitch clock in a minute, but congratulations to the UConn Huskies. Hope you enjoyed your college basketball, your national championship. Again, congratulations to LSU, since no one else is talking about LSU winning, actually winning. Yeah. Everyone wants to talk about the stupid, you can't see me, John Cena thing. You know, congratulations to LSU again, but congratulations to UConn, <laughs> 76 to 59 over San Diego State. And I know when I said, uh, I know when you say Huskies, I know your first thought. Uh, yeah, spots gene size uh, growing up. Can I get the Huskies? No, I, you think of uh, Daniel Larissa's mom. Come on, you Huskies, pop it. <laughs> That's from, what I think of. From Karate Kid. Uh, I was, I was, the I was uh, from the telling Danny G that, uh, you know, we are saying how UConn, not uneventful for people in Connecticut. They love it. But there was no struggling Joe Namath style. Struggling. They handily just, you know, they were never behind in really any game. Never had a buzzer beater. Sometimes your team just cruises. It's not exciting from a drama standpoint, but you know, they were in a good bracket. They got a couple breaks and you know, there was no real obstacle. UConn just played well. Well, there was one point where Danny G hit us up and I was watching where he was right. San Diego state was definitely closing the gap a little bit. And you're like, Oh, you know what? It was about, Seven minutes, eight minutes left, right, Danny G? Yeah, finally. Finally, that offensive spurt where they got it down to five. I was like, ooh, you know, maybe maybe it could be exciting toward the end. But no, the one shining moment no. went to Connecticut. Congratulations. And, you know, you watch it. You watch the montage, Rich. I know you get all emotional watching the montage. 
But thank you for being my friend. You you oh, start Jim, to Jim see. Jim Nance, don't go. No, he's not. He's still got other things to know, do. He's got NFL football, but I mean, it is odd. He like half retired, right? He kind of, yeah, half retired. But you start to see the old school traditions. And I think we should appreciate them because we don't have a lot of great American traditions. I think that's one of them. The one shining moment, the montage, and the cutting of the net. And then that's kind of when your girlfriend or wife starts asking questions like, what's, what's that about? And I'm not trying to stereotype or be sexist. Maybe wait you're a, the one a, asking. Wait a mansplain, Cavino. Well, that's the story. <laughs> so it's not mansplaining if that's the actual story because no, yeah, yeah. Danny G said his wife was like, yeah, what's that all about? Well, and what do they do that for? First of all, before Danny tells the story, the one shining moment, I, can we all agree that if they, I guess they've tried to, like I try to modernize it. Don't, right? It's like, it's cheesy. The ball is tipped. Don't change it. Like in 50 years, they should still be playing that cheesy version of the song. Like yeah, don't, don't try to get some cheese. Don't get a hip hop artist. Cheese. Don't be like, hey, let's team up Morgan Wallen and, uh, you know, no, it never Wayne. works. Get it's it. like when yeah. uh, they tried to redo We Are the World and it sucked. Gotta leave well enough alone. So I like I it the idea. way it is. Uh, who get a you know get Bad Bunny and Morgan Wallen to do a duet? No, it's it, you can't just take the hot artist and be like redo the song. You need the cheese of one shining moment. So we're not mansplaining. We're, we're just explaining. We're just explaining that as part of the tradition. And, and ladies, just to be clear, mansplaining is short <laughs> for man explaining. <laughs> As the, as the meme says. As the Skeletor meme goes. You get it, Ramos? Ladies, mansplaining yes. is yeah. short for man explaining. So I want to talk about traditions and cutting the net and sports traditions. Ones you like, ones you don't like. And we'll never, here's one thing about it. We watch it every year, but we'll never know what it's like to be part of that. And I was always envious of our buddy Ryan Hollins, who was part of that. You know, we worked with Ryan Hollins yeah. at ESPN. He played for UCLA, and he played 10 years in the NBA. But, you know, it was cool that he was part of that. I think it's amazing. I think it's cool. When when you look at the tradition of cutting down the net, that's where Danny G's wifey had a question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she doesn't normally watch a lot of college basketball. She's a huge baseball fan, big Dodger fan. But this past tournament, because I'm around now, she has watched college basketball. So when she sees the ladder come out and the players and coaches <laughs> cutting down little pieces of net, she looked at me and she's like, why are they all cutting pieces of the net? So I explained it to her that it's a tradition. And she said, but why? And what do they do with the little pieces of the net? I guess you just uh, keep I, it in a little Ziploc bag in your, uh, <laughs> draw, her, yeah. in your draw of memories, your little Tupperware box. Like how attic. parents save like the first little lock of your hair, your first haircut. Yeah, I got my first little shoe and my, <laughs> you know, but you know what? It started, I believe, from what I'm seeing here, 1947 was the first time they said uh, the practice started eight years after the tournament began. North Carolina State Wolfpack is credited with being the first to cut down the net. And you know what? I do think it's sort of interesting. Ramos, you see the well, guys go up there one at a time. They cut a piece, and I'm like, do they know where to cut? They got the scissor in the little hole, and the, la the ladder is even sponsored now? Yeah, and also, they also cut down the net for the regional final championship, right? Mm -hmm. So they, they, don't, they don't just do it for the championship, but they also cut it down when they get it to the final four. Right, that's yeah. when she first asked. So when you see that, I do think, like, do these guys think about it 
not do they practice it, but that they like, ooh, what piece am I going to get? I you hope know, I don't you slip know on the, the ladder. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but you don't want the tri tip. The worst part is when it could be your kid. It doesn't have to be your girlfriend or wife. It could be your kid or anyone. When they ask you, and you're the sports fan, and you don't know really why the tradition is what it is, like you watch all the time every year, and you don't even know. And then you're there trying to Google it real quick to find out the real tradition and how it started. Um, that's always an embarrassing moment. But I feel like my girlfriend especially asks me questions about these traditions or these things all the time, and I don't really have a good answer. And just the other day, she said, why do they do this? And I'm like, it's called the seven-inning stretch. Seventh-inning stretch. That's It's just part of the tradition. She's like, well, it's kind of dumb. I'm like, no, it's not. It's just it is how it is. You know, so let's go over some of your favorites, maybe some that need to go. But I thought it was kind of cool watching UConn do it last night. Again, since the 1940s, cutting a little piece, taking a little piece with them, and you get ready for the montage, you get all emotional as you listen to Luther Vandross. It was the Vandross version, right? When it comes to uh when it comes to traditions and trying to figure out their origins, right? Oh, I thought you were gonna say your famous quote. Sometimes traditions are making the same mistake over and over again. No, that that is true. That is true. Maybe sometimes uh, we should start a new one. When you do think of some traditions in sports, I think a lot of times you just sort of go along with it, and you're like, you know, I don't, I don't even know why they do that. And then you're right. Your kid will ask, or like, you know, one of your buddies will ask you, Dad, why do they have a seventh inning stretch where people really sore and and non-flexible back in the early 1900s. Ah, my back. Yeah, I don't know. You know, I, I don't know. No, pal. you know, people just wanted to hear Harry Carey sing. That's really it, I think. There's a there's an answer to all it's these questions. Tradition is is the is the answer we usually say. Yeah, yeah, but a tradition started how and where. Yeah, to be honest, kid, I don't know. I don't know because I did look this one up, and there's there's uh, no 100 percent confirmed yes answer for this, but this is one of those old traditions that. I'm fascinated by because I'm going to believe it's true. I- I'm reading it's true, but then other people are like, that's not true. What happens after a strikeout in baseball with no runners on? Can I answer? Yes. The catcher throws it down to third. And the third baseman throws, throws it to, to the second, second baseman. baseman. Second baseman throws it to the shortstop. Then he goes back to the pitcher. Or sometimes third base gets another touch, right? Goes Little, around the horn. Around the horn. Who doesn't touch the ball? The first baseman. Now... There are two theories. One is unnecessary, but if you do your homework and you look it up, there's a lot of people that say, back in the day, they used to throw the ball around the whole infield, and the Yankees at one point, when Lou Gehrig was an old veteran and was hobbling around, and he wasn't the Lou Gehrig of old. He was actually old Lou Gehrig. Out of a courtesy, they're like, yeah, skip Lou Gehrig. He doesn't, uh, he doesn't need the extra throw or catch. Like, let him be. So out of respect for Lou Gehrig, the Yankees started skipping him on the infield throw around, and everyone else just sort of mimicked it in respect to Lou Gehrig. And now today, all these years later, it became, ta-da, yeah, and tradition. You, you do it in Little League, you do it in high school. All right, strikeout, throw to third, throw to second. Hey, why do we not throw to the first baseman? I did it. I, didn't, I, did, I know, I just didn't like our first baseman you yeah. know, in yeah. high school. I thought he sucked, so I just didn't throw it to him. Just the tall, slow kid Yeah, made the team? Yeah, just a, the non-mobile guy who usually played first base. I said to you before the show, I said, hey, when did they start throwing, uh, oh, start throwing around the Lombardi trophy? That was uh, Tom Brady on the boat. When did they start passing it around the whole after – 
the team wins the Super Bowl. The presentation, they wheel out the Everyone stage. touches it or kisses yeah, it. They put on the NFL films theme, like, dun, yeah. dun, dun, It's become dun. a tradition. And, and they pass around the trophy and make it, it makes its way up to the stage. That apparently started in 1996. So I said, I, I told you, I said, Relatively I don't think, new. I don't think that was happening when you we were, were right little kids. You were right for once. I was right for once. <laughs> I knew, I was like, that didn't happen when we were little kids. Yeah, NFL, you, should, you should make that a tradition, like getting facts right. That'd be cool. No, I, I like to keep you on your feet. <laughs> Hey, I, I looked way? up the origin of the seventh inning stretch. Cre- yeah. Created in 1910 when President William Howard Taft, one of our favorite presidents. The guy that got stuck in a bathtub? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Taft was on a visit to Pittsburgh. He went to the baseball game there. He stood up to stretch in the seventh inning. The crowd thought the chief executive was about to leave, so everyone stood up out of respect for the office. So you're telling me. The president that's reputation is based on getting stuck in a bathtub uh, has the maybe the coolest presidential fact of all time. Yes. Can we change the narrative on President Taft starting today? He needs some good PR, yeah. Yeah, President Taft, not the fat guy that got stuck in a tub. President Taft, the guy that invented the seventh inning stretch. Write it down. Uh, print stuck it. in a tub. All right, so when your nose-picking kid comes up to you, right, and says, Why do the sausages race at the baseball game, Dad? What's that all about? What do you say to him? I'm glad you came to me. Dad knows about sausages. <laughs> um, uh, it's tradition. Then you slap him in the head and tell him to beat it. When did tradition, that start? Running of the sausages. It's a staple at Milwaukee Brewers games and another excuse for fans to bet. Apparently, the race took a bizarre turn back in 2003 when they passed the visitors' dugout. Pittsburgh first baseman Randall Simon leaned out and struck one of the participants with his bat. A woman wearing an Italian sausage costume collided with another participant and both fell. Neither were seriously injured, but they started doing it ever since. So it's it like a one-time thing became a tradition. It oh, became yeah. more and more of a thing, you know, starting in Milwaukee. But you see that, like, all over the place now. The sausage. The sausage. <laughs> the sausage. The running of the sausages. It's like, again, stupid traditions that you don't really know the origins of. And the reason we bring this up is because of the one shining moment. I mean, it feels like a dated tradition. When you hear that song, like you said, Rich, it just reeks of 80s cheese, but you love it. And I felt I felt bad. It was right around bedtime for my kid, and my daughter's like, "Dad, can we read?" I'm like, bah, 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 bah. "One shining moments on." <laughs> She's like, "Dad, but can you read?" Bah, 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 bah. Tradition. The ball is tipped, and of course, the cutting down of the net. So, if you guys want to throw any others in there, eight seven seven nine nine on Fox again. Congrats to UConn. Congrats to the women of LSU. Couple great championship games. Again, Danny G hit us up at the right time. I was coming back from running an errands. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna throw on the second half just when it got close. But then, by the way, that was a great assist, Danny G. That's a what you call a good friendly reminder, a friend assist when you remind your buddy, like, yo, the game's heating up. Ten minutes left. Check it out. There are there are times that even though. You know, if you, Rich, if you Rich move, was probably in the middle of a Mean Bluey episode, the, so you never know. When you move to the West Coast, there are still times where if you grew up in the East Coast or Central time, you're still like, well, nothing could be on. It's five or six o'clock. And you're like, oh, wait, incorrect. Again, we're Cavino and Rich talking sports traditions, broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com will help you get there. An unmatched selection, fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. And, of course, our friends at Progressive, making bundling easy and affordable. I do it. I got the homeowners and the car insurance with my pal Flo. Hi, Flo. Uh, get the multi-policy discount, motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more, all in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive. So, hey, listen, coming up, we'll take your feedback and phone calls. The best traditions, the ones that you think need a change. I say don't touch one shining moment. Don't touch the net cutting. And we're also going to get to 
are we better at assessing or do we have less patience with young players in sports? I have an analogy that has to do with marriage. And Iron Mike Trivia. Can't wait. All coming up right here on Kavino and Rich. Fox Sports Radio. Now, you drove here, and you see all the potholes from the rain we got for yeah, like the months. terrible. Tire rack going to come in handy. So if you're shopping for tires, it could be deflating, but not at TireRack.com. Fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, and that's just the start. Did you know they test tires? Well, they got their own test uh, their test track where they push tires to the limit. Great traction and comfortable ride. They share the results so you can make an informed choice. So go to TireRack.com slash sports. Isn't that where you take your hot dates? Hey, want to go to the TireRack test track? Oh, that's, no, that's a hot spot. I'd take them to uh, golf and stuff. Uh, so Tell them what you drive. And not sure where to begin? Try the Tire Decision Guide for a personalized tire recommendation. They sell only the best, like the full line of Goodyear tires. Ship fast and free to one of over 10,000 recommended installers. Free road hazard protection. Mobile tire installation is available in many areas. That's where they bring the tires to your house or your job and install it for you. Go to TireRack.com. Slash sports right now to see their Goodyear test results and special offers. That's TireRack.com slash sports. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at FoxSportsRadio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Hey, it's me, Rob Parker. Check out my weekly MLB podcast, Inside the Parker, for 22 minutes of piping hot baseball talk featuring the biggest names and newsmakers in the sport. Whether you believe in analytics or the eye test, we've got all the bases covered. New episodes drop every Thursday, so do yourself a favor and listen to Inside the Parker with Rob Parker on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcast. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. DJ Ramos in the mix. There he is. Danny G, Ramos. Spotty, Dan Byer. Ramos. You got it on the Covino and Rich show. And all of our clips are at Covino and Rich on social media. You can hit us up there at Steve Covino at Rich Davis. Thanks for being part of this. We're going to be looking for contestants to play Tyson Trivia later, giving away some bribery balls. Stick around for that. Congrats to UConn. We're live from the TireRack.com studios. At the end of your first year, Discover credit cards automatically double all the cash back you've earned. That's right. Everything you've earned doubled. Seriously, see terms and check it out for yourself at discover.com slash match. I'm Steve Cavino, just a kid from Union, New Jersey, out here running the streets, the mean streets of L.A. with Dickie Doodle Davis, Rich Davis right here. And again, the phones are 877-99 on Fox. The ball was tipped, and there you were congratulating. Oh. And rooting on UConn, the one shining moment went to them. Congrats to the Huskies. <laughs> let me let me throw you in the Cavino and Rich Pain Cave, which is our game show we're developing, Ramos. Where if the you Pain Cave yeah, sounds if you, good. Yeah, if you don't know the next lyric, you're stuck in a, a, a torturous cave. <laughs> <laughs> the ball is tipped, and there you are. Cavino gets. Are. I, th- I think Cavino gets out of the Pain Cave. <laughs> I think Cavino gets out. Yeah. I think that's the next lyric. That's the next one. Every time you get a lyric wrong, so you get more tortured. Star. Right. Is Give me the first you're, four. You're running. Is it you're running for your life? You're running for your life. It's going to be a star. I don't even know. Spot, call up the lyrics. I I'm mean, doing the, it. I mean, God forbid you have to do this at karaoke one night. You don't want, you want to be a little prepared. God I know. forbid you're well, trapped put the words up when you do karaoke. in a cave, <laughs> and the cave monster says you can't leave until you get the lyrics right. Oh, I was right. You're running for your life. Wait, yes. So the ball is tipped. And there you are. And there you are. You're running for your you're life. Running for your life. Ramos, you're up. I don't know the name. Trying to know. be a star. Yeah. Nope. Danny G. Gonna be a star. You want to be a star. Looking for a knife. <laughs> no, no. Put some respect on the song. Dad, 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 what do you got? Dad, Dad, what do you you're got? a shooting star. There it is. You're oh, a shooting star. All these years, oh. no one knows. <laughs> you're reading just this. how hard you worked. But now it shows. <laughs> yeah. One shining moment went to the Huskies, and they cut the net down. So we're talking about sports traditions because Danny G's wifey was all perplexed. Like, what is that about? Why do they do that? So what are some of the great traditions, the good ones, the bad ones? You know, I do have a a correction, a retraction. Um, I talked about the sausage race that was big in Milwaukee. Now it's sort of everywhere. It's not that it started in 2003. It became popularized, like, stadium-wide and became more of a thing in the early 2000s. But legend has it that it started in the early 1990s. The so, sausage. Yes, the sausage back in the late 1900s. I believe Abe Froman was involved <laughs> in, the, uh, well, clearly, in the popularity of this race. You were no Abe Froman with the false uh, facts. Um, not sure what happened there. Won't the happen sausage. Again. No, no, no. So it became more widespread of a thing in the early 2000s, but started in the 90s. So these traditions, how did they start? 
you know, which ones are good, which ones are bad. I got one. Go ahead. Um, I'm assuming, I, I looked it up, but I didn't read the details yet. I just Googled it, but looked away. I'm assuming it's at least 100 years old. When did people start drinking out of Lord Stanley's cup? Cause that that had to be some that had to be some gutsy person that's like you know what we're gonna do we're gonna take the trophy and you know drink out of it. Uh, Wes in Vegas hit us up on social media at Cavino and Richie said the greatest tradition in sports is the skating of the Stanley Cup. Also, why the NFL passes around the little trophy they have. Yeah, it is where they they all get a little hand. They all I'm, I'm just it. reading his feedback. Um, Would you like to know the origin of the tradition? I I think I got it here, but Spot, are you dating it back to 1896? That's correct. Courtesy of the Winnipeg Victorious. Uh, yes, I love them. You know, it's an interesting one. <laughs> it's like a very old school thing, but you still see it all the time. It's the curtain call. You know, that's that's a tradition. I looked it up, and it's non-sports related as far as how it happened. I'm going to say legend has it, because who knows what to believe. Its origins lie in popular demand. Australian academic Gay McCauley notes that the practice became widespread in the 1800s. By 1839, Charles Dickens' Nicholas Nickleby describes the audience calling for the actor Miss Snevelichi after just, a successful you, show. You just said a lot of words. Um, well, I just read but, the origin. But, but you're thinking so of, are you're saying of a back, sports curtain call? Because a, the curtain call. I know, call, but they're saying it derived from that. Well, so obviously, the, it's called a curtain call. Is there a curtain at a, a baseball field? <laughs> He's right. <laughs> I mean, I get it. So I said it's not sports related. So I'm giving you. But the from origin like Charles of the Dickens. sports curtain call, I'm sure, has its own origin. Yeah, I think. No, that, but that's just saying they're saying it started. Like, hey, we got to get this guy out of here. We want more. Well, encore, encore. Well, to, to back and up then, for a second. You know, Chipper Jones goes out well, and you know, Alex Rodriguez actually, comes out and he's like, hey, what's up? If Going back to the Stanley Cup, it, it was 1896 and they drank champagne uh, spontaneously during victory, just to round out that story. And the curtain call, I'm not saying it just because it's my Mets, but I'm pretty certain popularized a lot because the curtain call in the 80s upset other teams because trust me the 86 Mets are the only highlight VHS tape I had as a kid and they talked about how other teams around the league they hated like like Gary Carter would like come yeah. out of the dugout and do a little fish pump it was definitely popularized by the 86 Mets for sure just 80, like yeah. we said the high five was invented by Dusty Baker and the Dodgers the, the oh, 1970s yeah. Dodgers actually invented the high five. Yeah, I'm not. This, I'm not credited. I'm not crediting the '86 Mets, but I do. No, they popularized. I, it. I do remember them saying a lot that it really angered other teams. I don't know the validity of this. Yeah, because it's a comment on a page. And by the way, let, let me let me uh, give Glenn Burke his uh, props for the high five with Dusty Baker. So Glenn Burke, according to baseball historian Peter Morris, in May 1881, Detroit fans <laughs> cheered a home run by Charlie Bennett until he bowed to them. Ah. Uh, Oh, that's oh, I old. thought you were going to say it was a pre, uh, it was a Phantom of the Opera, nineteen eighty seven, when some guy came out for a curtain call. Like, oh, thank you. No, it's the eighteen thirty nine Charles Dickens goes, goes a long way back. So the, the bowing of the home run. Anyway, traditions, sports traditions, good ones, bad ones. Let's go to Philly and Chris. Chris. Any other standout? Let us know. You're on with Kavino and Rich. What's up, buddy? What's going on, fellas? Happy Tuesday. You hey, too, buddy. Man, what's up? Nothing. So. uh... You know, the one I think just has to go away because it's just it's so irrelevant anymore. You know, you have the end of the Super Bowl, and they have the, you know, it's just live. They're presenting the trophies, whatever. And then all of a sudden they come back from commercial, and they have that whole production. You just won the Super Bowl MVP. Where are you going? 
And then now all the guys now are like, we're going to Disney. <laughs> like, it's just played out. I so love it. I, I mean, listen, I'm not going to lie. I it's not it. going away because it's probably big money being sold, you know, sa- you know, sales and stuff. Hearing Patrick Mahomes saying, I'm going to Disneyland. I love that shit. Oh, stuff. Stuff. Oh. Stuff. Oh. Stuff. I said stuff. Oh, I said stuff. Pass the... Uh, <laughs> we already got Joe over this earlier in the yeah. week. So I the said stuff. stuff. Pass oh. the swear jar to Covino. Oh, my God. Oh, boy. And the boss I'm is here. To, and the boss is here today. Wow, wow. man. You just... When in doubt. <laughs> uh, uh, Cam Newton gets credit for the dab. Even oh, though others really? did it. Um, but I wanted to look this up. When do you think... This is a good one. When do you think Ramos and Danny G? When do you think someone spiked a football for the first time? Well, that's a good one. That's it, right? Because it's like spike a football. Maybe in the sixties. Ninth, uh, I think I saw nineteen sixty-five. Nineteen sixty-five. Well, you know what? This- Homer Jones. Homer Jones was a lightning quick wide receiver for the New York Football Giants. He didn't play much. But in the fifth game of 1965, he got his first career start against the Eagles at Yankee Stadium when the Giants were playing at Yankee Stadium. He had seen teammates Frank Gifford and Alec Webster haul the footballs into the stands after a touchdown. The problem was, at the time, Commissioner Pete Rozelle said, if you throw the ball in the stands, we're giving you a $50 fine. That was a lot back then. So Homer Lightning Jones said... Nope, and he just slammed the ball down, spiking the first football. I thought Gronk invented it. Gronky? <laughs> no, he invented, invented Tutties. I'm just kidding. Um, speaking of, I'm going to tie this all no, together. No, Gronk invented the beer bong back in college. I think people say <laughs> that, that's something he would have invented. Here's a, a, a correction, and I saw this or learned this, and then I said to myself, I knew that, but I saw this yesterday, and it ties back to the LSU story. With Angel Reese and her John Cena, you can't see me. Everybody keeps saying it's the John Cena, you can't see me. And it is because John Cena popularized it, right? But where did John Cena get it from? Do you know that, Danny G? Because you're a hip-hop guy. unit It's a Tony Yayo thing. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's a Tony Yayo thing. And, you know, I was like, was it though? And then I did see actual footage of John Cena saying that he was watching a G-Unit video. He saw Tony Yayo doing it, and you know his friend dared him to do it one day or something like oh, that. You know, his, I, his think, I think it was John Cena. The story goes like his brother or a family member or best buddy, like a buddy or a friend was like, yo, I dare you to do that in the ring. And he did it, and it became his yeah. thing. He made it his own. So An underrated keep- hip-hop album, 2003, Beg for Mercy from G-Unit. So it wasn't even really a John Cena thing, even though it is. I'm not taking it away from him. It, you know, Everyone knows that's John yeah. Cena now, but he got it from Tony Yayo of G-Unit. Yeah, yo. All right, well, let's go to Dan Beyer for an update, and we'll take more phone calls on traditions if you want. I mean, I'm, I'm interested to see some of these. Like the first spike, did you know the first spike? I do no. not. Uh, what's up, Danny? I'll give you. I'll give you a uh, tradition. How about the drinking of the milk at the Indy 500? That's a good one. How did, where did that come about? That uh, I, and I did look it up, so I'd have some reference. Uh, 1936, it happened. A driver was told that uh, if you drink buttermilk, you'll be able to uh, hydrate better because if you were dehydrated while driving the car, drank buttermilk. Uh, apparently, some uh, 
dairy. Some, some milk was a bad choice. Yeah, this is this is it's how it all started. Then some dairy guy thought, hey, we could market this, and then about twenty years later, it kind of really became a thing. But the drinking of the milk when you cross the uh, bricks at uh, the Indy Five Hundred—that's pretty cool, man. That's a yes, good one. yes. Uh, how about this? You guys were just talking a little bit ago about Caitlin Clark. She did say that Angel Reese of LSU shouldn't be criticized. And if you don't believe me, listen to her. I don't think Angel should be criticized at all. Um, you know, no matter which way it goes, um, you know, she should never be criticized for what she did. Um, you know, I'm just one that competes and she competed. So I think everybody knew there was going to be a little trash talk in the entire tournament. It's not just me and Angel. So um, LSU deserves it. They played so well. And like I said, I'm a big fan of hers. And that was Clark speaking with ESPN. She also said that they shouldn't go to the White House despite the invitation by First Lady Jill Biden. Her head coach, Iowa head coach Lisa Bluter, also tweeted as much, saying that honor is reserved for the champions and LSU. Patriots have reportedly been shopping quarterback Mac Jones. That's according to ProFootballTalk.com. A grievance filed today on behalf of former Cardinals VP Terry McDonough, who claims that Cardinals owner Michael Bidwell harassed and cheated during their time in Arizona, including having multiple instances where he and former coach Steve Wilkes were forced to use burner cell phones to contact then-suspended GM Steve Kime. It's all a part of an arbitration claim that was filed to Commissioner Roger Goodell. And guys in baseball, Manny Machado ousted in the first inning for that pitch clock violation that he argued about, but the Padres lead the Diamondbacks 3-1 in the bottom of the fifth. Travis Kelsey of the Chiefs and his mom Donna will throw out the first pitch for Friday's home opener for the Cleveland Guardians. They're Cleveland natives, so they will get the honor on Friday. Guys, back to you. Thank you. Uh, By the way, we're all big football fans here. Do you guys know why the Dallas Cowboys are the team that wears white at home like that you you know it's usually for, if you see the cowboys wear blue it's cuz the other team sort of forced their hand i know tradition <laughs> yeah, but that's, why, the, yeah. that's that's usually the answer i give um back in the day all teams were white at home and then right. slowly the league transitioned to your home jersey is your color jersey right like niners red steelers the black jerseys sure. and the cowboys stuck with it because the texas heat during their training in august and early september they said we don't want to wear these dark blue jerseys let's wear the white let's why are we giving the other team the lighter jersey in the in the heat cuz they didn't have the indoor stadium back then so dallas did it and they would win that way and then it became a tradition so dallas is the only team that never converted to the home color jersey Dallas also, by the way, I think we're the first team to have their sidelines, if you're watching on a TV screen, at the top because they wanted the fans to see the Cowboys on TV. Like if your sidelines at the bottom, you don't get to see see the players. So if you watch, normally the home team's usually at the bottom of the screen, right? Right. Yes, wow, not that's the Cowboys. Cool. Yeah, they're at the top. And that was so if you're watching at home, you're seeing the Cowboys on your screen. A lot of this you have to look up, though. Otherwise, you're a big-time nerd. Like, no one expects you to know these facts and stats from the early 1900s, right? No, it's true. Because I feel I was like we're about, learning a lot. I feel we're like learning we're, a lot. I've learned, like, five things today. Yeah. No, we are. Because <laughs> sure. I'm like, I'm thinking about, you know, you were talking about Lord Stanley's Cup. I'm thinking about all the stuff they throw on the ice and fish and catfish and octopus. I had to look that up. Detroit Red Wings fans have been throwing octopus on the ice since the 1950s. Right now, we all know that, but again, I was joking, but truthfully, you know what my reasoning and answer was to that? Tradition. Uh, just, just, just tradition. tradition. Uh, it's believed the tradition started for two possible reasons, an offering to the octopi fishermen for the harvest season or an eight tentacle salute to the eight wins once needed to win the Stanley Cup. 
you know, the predators with their catfish. Again, there's all sorts of weird traditions. Uh, honestly, if you think it's part of-, of the game, and we bring this up because of the cutting down of the net last night, and of course, the one shining moment montage, and so on and so forth. I have a quick one from the East Coast, started in the 80s. Gatorade shower. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, think about it. One of your famous coaches on Bill the East Parcell. Coast. Yes. Parcel. 1986. And Gatorade, you know, the whole history of Gatorade itself. Honestly, you can think of every little thing in sports. Bank. You know, I wonder who was the first to do that. Um, I, You know, I got one here. I'll give you the answer when we come back. Who invented the three-point line in basketball? Who was the first to even think of it? We'll go over a couple more of these. And then, of course, Steph Curry. Well, uh, he just dominates. I know. Larry Bird. Nope. Uh, And then we'll talk about better at assessing or no patience. Why do we move on from players? Uh, We'll get to all that coming up right here on Cavino and Rich, live from the Tyrac.com studio. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Yo, there was a minute. Let me guess, Danny G. In between 02 and 04, I'm 03, when Fitty, G-Unit, that whole crew was killing it. Yeah. I remember visiting New York in the early 2000s, and uh, your famous record store there in Times Square, 
there was a line of about three, four hundred people waiting to get one of 50s oh, albums. The old school Tower Records? Yes. Yeah, that was the wow, spot. Yeah. Old school. Remember, Tony Yayo started the tradition of the You Can't See Me. John Cena popularized it, and we saw it with LSU. But congrats to UConn. They cut the net down yesterday, and we're talking traditions. You know, I was thinking of one I saw recently. How about Wisconsin and the jump around? House of Pain. When House of Pain hits, when you hear the the bagpipes, like the place goes nuts. And that's what ESPN did this whole backstory, how much it means to Everlast. Everlast goes there, performs it, and it just turned out like one day they played it, they had a major comeback, they won, and you know, now it's just part of the tradition in Wisconsin football. Yeah. I mean, every now you could get if you want to get even deeper, Camino, you, know, you could now instead of just traditions, like Spot was looking up when the wave started. And by the way, we oh. pro wave or anti wave? You you missed anti. it. Anti. You anti. Yeah, you missed, you missed the uh, rant from Big Mike, the guy who runs this place. Uh, Big Mike came in here and he said since day one. He says he remembers when it was invented. He, he thinks it was in the 80s. He said he was original, the OG guy that threw up the finger anytime, anytime yeah. someone started the wave. He did the wave with his middle fingers. Yeah. Says he hated it always his whole life. So the yeah. wave is a major, major tradition that people always claim to hate, but some bozo's always trying to start it. He was the first wave hater, actually. Yeah. That's So Crazy George Henderson. Oh, that guy, I remember him. Was a cheer, <laughs> he was a cheerleader. <laughs> And the first, so the first documented uh, wave was during the uh, Athletics and Yankees game during the playoffs, October fifteenth, nineteen eighty one. So that's the first documented Crazy televised George one. Crazy George Henderson. Crazy George Henderson. But that guy's telling that at a party now, and everyone's like, "Shut up, George! You're lying." A year or two I created, earlier, I created the wave. I tell you, he said it was inspired by accident when he was leading cheers at a Colorado Rockies National Hockey League game in Denver. That's right. The one the Rockies were hockey. And during his routine, it sparked the wave. My and feelings it, on the wave are if you got your little kids with you and the score is 11 1, I'm okay with the wave. No, but, but if Danny G's right. There's, like, there's the wave, etiquette though. involved in the wave. Yeah, if, if, you're, if, you're at a, if you're at a Dodgers game, yes. you, you want to explain, Danny G? Yeah, because I'll be at a Dodgers game and some bonehead fan will start a wave while my team is at bat, while his home team right. is at bat. You don't do that. You do that when the, the visiting yes. team is It's at just bat. like how you're trying to be quiet when your team is on offense. Yeah, the guy who starts the wave is way more annoying than the wave itself. But again, it's circ- I think the wave, my feelings on the wave are so circumstantial. Like, if, like I said, if, if the score is 9-1 and you got your kids with you, you're like, all right, let's do the wave. Yeah. Who cares? Fifth inning, it's 9-1, let's do the wave. If it's 3-2 bottom of the eighth with runners on base and some idiot thing's doing yeah. the wave at that time is appropriate, read the room. Read the stadium. Like, Traditions. Traditions that we're talking about. Good and bad ones. You can continue adding at Covino and Rich. One of my favorites is here in Old Blue Eyes, Frank Sinatra at the end of every Yankee oh, win. Start spreading Here the we go. Fun fact, when they lose. Yes, the Liza Minnelli version. Liza Minnelli version, yeah. 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 It's a true story. So traditions, you know, Sweet Caroline, we were talking about that off the air. Fenway? Yeah, you could you could add at Covino mm-hmm. and Rich. Speaking of Dodgers, they play I Love L.A. at the end of each win. That's Yes, oh, that's tradition. Awesome. And during the movie Naked Gun. Uh, live from oh, the Tyrac.com studios. <laughs> we're brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. There's a Mets tradition. I know, I know every team has it, but... Um, losing? Oh, <laughs> how dare you? Ah, 
How dare you? Uh, no, during the seventh inning stretch, yes. after they do take me out to the ball game, Ramos, you might, I don't know if it's even in your system, same guy that sings uh, Dominic the Donkey, Lou Monty, Lazy Mary, plays every game, and I, I really hope they do it forever. It's like, it's very East Coast Italian, but you probably recognize of the Camino, and you're not even a, a Mets fan, but seventh inning, seventh inning hits... Lou Monty. I'm a big Lou Monty fan. Lazy Mary. Everybody knows that. Well, like I said, sports traditions. Congratulations to the Yukon Huskies. They cut the net down. And, you know, some people were asking why. We explained and we added to the list. The band in Godfather 2 didn't know how to play that, remember? Yes. So coming up, I want to talk about. Are we better at assessing talent or much like relationships? Have we just developed no patience? I have a theory. We'll get to it next. Kavino and Rich right here on FSR. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Tura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts more Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.